Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Coffee at the Cross. As we're currently doing a Bible series on a Bible journey in which we spend 20 minutes of our day reading God's Word. And then we try to take one thing, just one thing, and apply it to our day, either for ourselves or for someone else. If you'd like to read along with me, I'm reading from the Passion Translation. It's a fiery and Holy Spirit-filled version of the Bible. You can feel the passion, so to speak, uh, in the author written in every word. You can feel his love for God in this gospel. So whether you're in the car, riding around, or in your home, and you just want to fill the air around you with God's word, I encourage you to grab that cup of coffee, even if it's that first thing in the morning, you woke up and you're ready to just sit back and, and begin your day with God. Grab that cup of coffee, sit back, and let's enjoy the blessings of God together. So today we're going to read Luke chapter 4. Jesus, tested in the wilderness. So let's begin. From the moment of his baptism, Jesus was overflowing with the Holy Spirit. He was taken by the Spirit from Jordan into the lonely wilderness of Judea to experience the ordeal of testing by the accuser for 40 days. He ate no food during this time and ended his 40-day fast very hungry. It was then the devil said to him, If you really are the Son of God, command this stone to turn into a loaf of bread for you. Jesus replied, I will not, for it is written in the scriptures, life does not come only from eating bread, but from God. Life flows from every revelation from his mouth. The devil lifted Jesus high into the sky and in a flash showed him all the kingdoms and regions of the world. The devil then said to Jesus, all of this, with all of its power, authority, and splendor, is mine to give to whoever I wish. Just do one thing, and you will have it all. Simply bow down to worship me, and it will be yours. You will possess everything. Jesus rebuked him and said, Satan, get behind me, for it is written in the scriptures, only one is worthy of your adoration. You will worship before the Lord your God and love him supremely. Next, the devil took Jesus to Jerusalem and set him on the highest point of the temple and tempted him there, saying, If you really are the Son of God, jump down in front of all the people. For it is written in the scriptures, God has given his angels instructions to protect you from harm. From the hands of angels will hold you, and hold you up and keep you from hurting even one foot on a stone. Jesus replied, "It is also written in the scriptures, how dare you provoke the Lord how, how dare you provoke the Lord your God?" That finished the devil's harassment for the time being, so he stood off at a distance, retreating until the time came to return to tempt Jesus again. Then Jesus, armed with the Holy Spirit's power, returned to Galilee, and his fame spread throughout the region. He taught in the synagogues, and they glorified him. When he came to Nazareth, where he had been raised, he went into the synagogue, as he always did on the Sabbath day. 
When Jesus came to the front to read the scriptures, they handed him a scroll of the prophet Isaiah. He unrolled the scroll and read where it is written. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me and has anointed me to be hope for the poor, freedom for the brokenhearted, and new eyes for the blind, to preach to the prisoners, you are set free. I have come to share the message of Jubilee, for the time of God's great acceptance has begun. After he read this, he rolled up the scroll and handed it back to the minister and sat down. Everyone stared at Jesus, wondering what he was about to say. Then he added, These scriptures came true today in front of you. Everyone was impressed by how well Jesus spoke, in awe of the beautiful words of grace that came from his lips. But they were surprised at his presumption to speak as a prophet, so they said amongst themselves, Who does he think he is? This is Joseph's son, who grew up here in Nazareth. But Jesus said to them, I suppose you'll quote me the proverb, Doctor, go heal yourself before you try to heal others. And you'll say, work the miracles here in your hometown that we heard you did in Capernaum. But let me tell you, no prophet is welcomed or honored in his own hometown. Isn't it true that there were many widows in the land of Israel during the days of the prophet Elijah when he locked up the heavens for three and a half years and brought a devastating famine all over the land? But he wasn't sent to any of the widows living in that region. Instead, he was sent to a foreign place, to a widow in Zarephath of Sidon. Or have you not considered that the prophet Elisha healed only Naaman, the Syrian, rather, the one, rather than one of the many Jewish lepers living in the land? When everyone present heard these words, they erupted with furious rage. They mobbed Jesus and threw him out of the city, dragging him to the edge of the cliff on the hill which the city had been built, ready to hurl him off. But he walked right through the crowd, leaving them all stunned. Jesus went on to Capernaum in Galilee and taught the people of the on the Sabbath day. His teaching stunned and dazed them, for he spoke with penetrating words and manifested great authority. In the congregation, there was a demonized man who screamed out with a loud voice, Hey you, go away and leave us alone. I know who you are. You're, Nazar you're Jesus of Nazareth, God's Holy One. Why are you coming to meddle with us? You have come to destroy us already. Jesus then, just then the demon hurled the man down on the floor in front of them all. But Jesus rebuked the demon, Be quiet and come out of him. And the demon came out of him without causing him any harm. Great astonishment swept over the people, and they said amongst themselves, What kind of man is this who has such power and authority? With a mere word he commands demons to come out, and they obey him. The reports about Jesus spread like wildfire throughout every community in the surrounding region. After leaving the meeting that day, Jesus went into Simon's house, where Simon's mother-in-law was sick with a high fever. The disciples begged Jesus to help her. Jesus stood over her and rebuked the fever, and she was healed instantly. Then she got up and began to serve them. At sunset, the people brought all those who were sick to Jesus to be healed. Jesus laid his hands on them one by one, and they were all healed of different ailments and sicknesses. 
Demons also came out of the many uh, out of many of them. The demons knew that Jesus was the anointed one, so they shouted while coming out, "You are the Messiah, the son of El Shaddai." But Jesus rebuked them and commanded them to be silent. At daybreak the next morning, the crowds came and searched everywhere for him, but Jesus had already left to go to a secluded place. When they finally found him, they held him tightly, begging him to stay with them in Capernaum. But Jesus said, Don't you know that there are other places I must go and offer them the hope found in God's kingdom realm? This is what I have been sent to do. Jesus continued to travel and preach in the synagogues throughout the land. And that concludes Luke chapter 4. Man, Luke chapter 4 is full of so many wonderful things. And we all know about the temptation in the wilderness by the devil. And we all know the promises. And I don't want to cover those things. I want to cover something I think is a little hidden nugget. thing, Something that I, I most commonly see left out when we're talking about Luke chapter 4. And it's really it really starts in verse 28. It says, when they heard these things, they were filled with wrath. You know, in the Passion Translation, it says rage. And they rose up and they, they thrust him out of the city, right? There was quite a response to a sermon. And it says right here, as he was talking about all the things that in the days of Elijah and everything that was happening, uh, when Elijah, he locked up the heavens for three and a half years and brought a devastating famine over all the land. Basically, when he was telling them, you know, when they were trying to say, who is this guy? And I'm telling you who I am. And why no prophet is ever welcomed in his own hometown. You know, when they heard these words, they erupted with furious rage, they said. They mobbed Jesus. They threw him out of the city. They dragged him to the edge of a cliff on a hill, which the city had been built, ready to hurl him off. But here, here's what the words that are so powerful. But then he simply walked through the crowd, leaving them all stunned. This was quite a response to a sermon. They were angry to be told that they that there was something wrong with them, that the request for a miracle was denied, and that Jesus implied that God also loved the Gentiles. Jesus didn't it, what we see here is, is something that we're all afraid to do ourselves. Jesus didn't primarily seek to please his audience, the people in the crowd, the people in the seats of the church. He wasn't worried about filling seats. He was worried about speaking truth, even if it hurt or offended people. Because he knew sometimes love requires us to say things that might hurt somebody. Truth hurts. Honesty hurts sometimes. We can say things that please their ears to get them to stay, but really we're just hurting themselves. We're hurting them. And Jesus knows this. And he refused to say things that just simply please people. He, he spoke the truth even if it hurt them. And he never used their approval to measure his own success. His success. You know, often we, we go around and we want to talk about Jesus, but we're afraid to speak the truth of the Bible. We say that he loves us. We say that he's coming for us, that he, that he will never forsake us, that he'll, that he'll never leave us. That, you know, we, we, we talk about all the promises, but sometimes we talk about, we refuse to talk about the things that people are afraid to talk about. The Holy Ghost, the Holy Spirit, speaking in tongues, all of these things, because it offends people. It scares people away, and sometimes we're more worried about scaring people away than telling them the truth. 
But Jesus was never worried about, you know, who was going to leave the room when he spoke the truth. He was worried about the people who stayed when he spoke the truth. Those were the ones. But here's the miracle. This is, to me, this sets the whole tone for the story. When they, when they tried to throw him over the cliff, Luke here is telling us that Jesus came sinless, doing nothing but goodwill for all, and they wanted to kill him for it. He wanted to be good for all. He wanted to be loving for all, and they wanted to kill him for it. And when he turned around, they were ready to throw him off the cliff. They ushered him out of the city. They had dragged him out. Here is Jesus, the Son of God. All the power. We saw it in the scriptures that we read earlier when Jesus was in the wilderness with the temptation. The devil says, look, God has given you the, the armies the, the, of all the angels to help to protect you so that not one bone, you know, that your foot couldn't be hurt on a stone, a single stone. And here is Jesus allowing the mob to drag him out from where he was preaching, allowing the mob to drag him to the edge of the cliff so to show them, like, you may think you have this power over the word of God, but let me show you. He, lets, he allows them to get him all the way to the edge of the cliff, and then he simply stops, turns around, faces the crowd, and says, you have no power over me. I am showing you and I'm showing the world that you only have the power that I allow you to have. I allow you to bring me this far and I'm going to prove it to you because it's here at the moment when you think you've won that I will turn around and I will walk right through you, through the crowd and walk back to town and you can't touch me. You can't harm me unless I let you. They were upset because they wanted a miracle, and Jesus denied them the miracle they asked for. But really, they got a miracle, one of the most important and powerful miracles in all the gospel to me. It's the empowerment that Jesus tells Pontius Pilate, uh, Ponti Pontius Pilate as he's being tried, right? He's been beaten, and Pilate's telling him, look, I have the power to free you. And Jesus looks at him and says, you know, and I'm paraphrasing here, he says, you have no power over me other than what God gives you. You have no power over me. God has power over me. And only God. And the only power you have is what God allows you to have. We're seeing that in action right here. Jesus is letting them, sh showing them, look, all this power you think you have, it only goes until the point where I say you can't do this to me anymore. In the name of God, I rebuke you. In the name of God, I walk through you. I walk through the crowd. You can't harm me. You can't touch me. And we forget that as a people. We forget that when we carry and live by the power of God, by the word of God, that the things that are in this world, the cancel culture, you know, you're saying things that, that upset people and, and offend people, and it puts them in such a rage, but really – you know, the power of God, the Bible, is a book that is meant to offend you. It is meant to make you look in the mirror and say, you know what? I must repent for what I've done today. What sins have I committed? Because if you're looking in the mirror and you think you haven't committed a sin, all oh, the heart of God aches as you see that. For the Bible tells us there are none righteous, no, not one. 
for we all have sinned. We all have sinned. Only Jesus Christ walked this earth sinless. We have to get to a place of repentance. But when we have the book, this book that is meant to offend you, meant to make you look at your life, evaluate your life, and let go of the things that Satan tempts you with to get you to separate yourself from God. Because even Satan knows that he can't overcome the power of God himself. He can't defeat the power of God. He can't get God to separate from you. His only option is to separate you from God to get you to turn away from him. By making you believe that the mob has power over you and your heart and your mind and the words you speak. But when you are firmly planted in the love of God and the word of God and the promises of God, it doesn't matter what they try to do to you. They can't harm you. Your soul is protected by the Father. Your soul is protected by the Son, Jesus Christ, who died for all of us on the cross, for all of our sins. That's what I want us to take from this today, from all of this, that when you decide to rest on the promises of God, the world can't hurt you anymore. Their words can't hurt you anymore. The mob can't touch you anymore because it doesn't matter what they say anymore. It doesn't matter if they're, if they're upset by you. You don't care. I've spoken the word of God and your issues are not between you and me, but between you and God. You have no power over me. You have a problem because I pray in tongues? Well, that you don't have a problem with me. You have a problem with God because that's the Holy Spirit. That's his language. It says in the book throughout the Bible that when the, when the disciples met in the upper room after Jesus had ascended back into heaven, the first thing that happened as they joined hands was they were all overcome by a mighty, by a mighty, rush, a mighty rushing wind. And they all began to speak in tongues. We all see when the centurion in Acts chapter 10, when the centurion received a vision from God and it said to go out and find Simon Peter. Why? Because the centurion needed a sermon. He was, he was a converted Roman, but no one was there to preach to him because all the, all the disciples, all the apostles were out preaching to the Jews and Jews alone. They weren't preaching to the Gentiles. And God came to him and said, look, send three people to, to go find Simon Peter. And the, the angel appears to, to Peter, and the spirit says, you need to go to Cornelius. And he brings them together, and when they get together, they find themselves in a room where there are a bunch of people already waiting for them. And the first thing that happens before, they're, before they get saved, before all of this stuff happens, before they get baptized in water, they were baptized in the Holy Spirit, and they were speaking in tongues. The Gentiles, in middle of the first sermon, they hadn't even finished the sermon yet. You know, we, we, we think, you know, when we get saved, the sermon's over, we go to the altar, there's an altar call, we, we confess before the Lord, and then the Holy Spirit comes? No. This, the Holy Spirit came upon these people in the middle of a sermon. Peter wasn't even done preaching yet when the Holy Spirit fell upon all of the people, the Gentiles. So that's what we're that's what I want you to take the promise. I want you to take this with you today. The promise. Just like Jesus shows us in here when they tried to drag him out of the city, he let them. 
when they tried to throw them off the cliff. He got them all the way to the edge of the cliff. He allowed them to take them that far only to show them that, look, you thought you had me, but when I say enough is enough, it's enough. And when I decide to return to go preach to the people, you can't stop me. So remember that. You got me this far because I allowed you to. So when you feel like people are coming against you, just remember the only, the only ground they can gain on you, the only territories in your life they can defeat are what you allow them to. Fall upon the promises of God. Rely on the word God. And when you feel oppressed, when you feel overcome, you go back to this scripture. You fall upon this scripture in Luke 4, verse 28 through 30. Let's close out this, this uh, podcast in prayer. Heavenly Father, thank you for today. Thank you for all that you're doing in our lives, all, all the wonderful things that you're working for us, through us, unto others. Lord, just help us keep us focused on your word. Help us to stay focused on your promises. When we feel the whole world coming down around us, pressing upon us, we feel overwhelmed, anxiety, depression, fear. Lord, Lord, just we ask for the inner the Holy Spirit to come down, to empower us, to restore us, to embolden us, to be lions, eagles, the the, uh, the bright fire and all of the darkness for those who are lost all around us the fire within us to light the way out of those dark places. Heavenly Father, we just ask for you to be with us today so that people can see you working in our lives, that nothing that comes against us can defeat us because there are people out there, Lord, you know it. They're so lost. They're hurting. And Lord, we're asking to be a part of your plan that when they feel lost and when they're hurting and they're looking for a way through their problem, they see you in us. They see your light inside us and they see your victory inside us and your peace and your joy coming out through us. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your plan and we thank you for involving us in your plan and for loving us. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. That concludes our podcast in our Bible series, The Bible Journey and uh, the, the Gospel of Luke. Uh, join us next time as we get into Luke chapter 5, The Miracle Catch of Fish. Awesome stuff. I have a lot of highlighted scriptures in this gospel, so I'm going to have to pray on which one we're going to cover next time. Man, you know what? I'll probably pick something and the Holy Spirit will say something else halfway through our reading journey together because that's how the Holy Spirit works. It comes down out of nowhere, and it does wonderful, miraculous things. Amen. So thank you for joining me at Coffee at the Cross. I'm Mike Newman, and I can't wait to see you guys next time in a Bible journey here on the podcast, Coffee at the Cross. And don't forget, try to find someone today that you could look straight into their eye and tell them that Jesus loves them. Have a blessed day, everybody. God bless and amen.